welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hello and welcome to the best of episode of the Skies Wonder podcast. I'm Rachel Wright and I'm joined each week on the Skies Wonder podcast by my two friends Sarah Clayton and Lucy Parr. All three of us have children with complex needs. My son is a teenager who has profound multiple learning disabilities. Sarah's eldest daughter survived childhood cancer and as a result has some learning difficulties and medical needs. Whereas Lucy's third child is a young man with a rare chromosome duplication, which means he's autistic, non-verbal and really traumatic epilepsy. These are some of the best bits or some of the interesting bits, the bits that made us laugh, the bits that we found helpful over this season one of the Skies Wonder podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the best of episode of the Skies Wonder podcast. We just thought before we leave you all, we might just go over how the the, the journey we've been on so far. <laughs> welcome Sarah and Lucy as she turns up, she's currently vomiting in the toilet, although she oh, yeah. assures us she's not pregnant. So watch mm, this space. <laughs> 12 weeks I reckon. <laughs> Can you imagine a little podcast baby? <laughs> be our first podcast baby. I say first as if there's going to be many. Yeah, so you're going to whilst knowing, one. yeah, we'll have to get some younger, younger guests to yes, fulfil that could, role. Maybe that's what we could do in the next <laughs> in the next season. We need some young blood. We said in the last episode where we reflected on the podcast, there's been so much we've talked about, and rather than telling you what we've talked about, we're going to give you little. So if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts yet, then you can have a little dive through this one and we can see which bits you might like to go back and listen to in full. From my point of view, if you haven't listened to episodes 12 and 13, you need to do it because 12 is all about resilience and is great as far as realising we don't have to be super strong mummers that does everything. Um, and living in the goldfish bowl and just recognising the reality of that complexity of being watched all the time and being scrutinised by people left, right and centre. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, you need to go back and listen to them. But we should probably start at episode one. At the beginning. At the beginning. Let us begin at the beginning. There was a lovely, lovely lady called Sarah who believed that some of the things we were talking about was not relevant to her. I believed I was was out the other side of this. I was all sorted. And, you know, a lot of... I was wondering whether I was going to be any use on this this podcast. podcast. (laughs) Because, you know, I've got it all... The content was going to be very, very true. But it all sussed. This is it. We're all sorted. And so here is Sarah in episode one, closely followed by an extract of Sarah in episode five. It's interesting to have a conversation around around the language that we're using with our like we've just we've all just used normal, um, which is such a lovely word that just means I mean if you, normal for us does that mean we women in white because <laughs> that's that's our normal in this conversation and recognise that that's that's completely skewed in one way. I I was thinking about this the other day and um, because V is getting that bit older, I'm. I'm having to do less and less of those descriptions. I don't know whether it's a children focused thing, you know, like kind of because of the kind of being in the education system, being in, you know, it's all that resource type stuff around, Mm. you know, having to define X, Y, Z in order to get access to ABC. Whereas I, and I was thinking the other day, you know, um, I don't think I've, I've need like the description, you know, kind of the idea of explaining to anybody I haven't done that anywhere near as much as she's got older which is a blessed relief you know <laughs> <laughs> to, to just 
let's just navigate this little tightrope of what yeah. can I say that that gets me the help I need. Do you know what though? Do you know what though? The she didn't get a, an official learning disability diagnosis. Feel free to write in if you feel that this is impossible. But she didn't get an official learning disability diagnosis until last year, um, and and that was. Hmm. And that was re- that was really problematic in terms of trying to get access to particular services and services. support, um, and that was because of her kind of her slightly unusual route through life. You know, sometimes she's described as having a brain injury, and sometimes it's okay. complexity following X, Y, Z, and you know, and that I think uh, slightly on a slightly different um, tangent from as a parent, that's felt quite isolating because there isn't like a group that I can kind of tag myself onto so I'm not a parent of some you know like I'm just just choosing it you know like kind of say say if my um child had a diagnosis such as down syndrome like you know see straight away I'm panicking that is it a diagnosis of down syndrome is, is it is it my child <laughs> described as having right? down syndrome yeah you know and um whereas I think I'm I'm like at a party of one when it comes to like my support group. Um, Aww. I know. Aww, I know. Bye, but I think it's tricky. Bye, I'm back to my bring my sub story again, aren't I? Let's get the I might get my I might get my no. positive month of the year award out. <laughs> Dust it off. I'm not lonely and alone. Um <laughs> But yeah, so kind of by definition, her de- her her definition, by by association, kind of defines me and the things that I can then kind of feel that I can be a part of. It's odd, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. thankfully, we're kind of I feel like we've got come out the other side of it. <laughs> now we're just living. Can I start with an apology? Oh, okay. can I? I know. I feel that our uh, loyal listener may have picked up from a previous episode <laughs> slight optimism about the future and about when your child goes through transition, and then people stop asking you kind of to describe them and to go into granular detail about the yes. things that they can that was and cannot do. Two. Episode two, yeah. so I was like, do you know what? I just think it's so much better now she's older. I think it's. Just... I just think it's it's so it's so much easier than what you guys are going through. Because yeah. My life. So I want to so take easier. all of that back. I want to take all of that back because I was actually talking shite, and um, yeah. So we're straight back into it, and um, yeah, it's worse than ever. So Aww. I think you know, like sometimes when karma comes round really quickly, you know. <laughs> But you know, just just occasionally it comes around. Like, like it like feels like it comes around quick. Like one of those really yeah. quick burps where you've just eaten dinner and yeah. the tuna comes up like before yeah. you finished before exactly you finished the meal, rather than three or four hours later. You're like, oh, that's yes. a surprise. Oh, I remember eating that. But the um, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about it the other day, and I thought, oh no, I may have given the impression that there is light at the end of the tunnel and I'd like to just extinguish that light (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take that light and I'm gonna trample on it and I'd like to just pour water all over it yes as Sarah very quickly realized (laughs) and uh, one of the themes going through the uh, the whole podcast other than you know parenting your child with disabilities is just EHCP gates the fact that oh. so throughout the whole <laughs> four and a half it, months it's gone on and on and on surely it's the longest bloody wait for a draft ehcp in the history of ehcps no mine i i, I can beat you we did 18 months oh Waiting. well there you, you win you so win. i win as ever uh, <laughs> but we also talked about win winning all sorts of things you didn't just only i win the ehcp taking 18 months you win the um parenting <laughs> faux pas of listen darling we're just gonna go and buy some toys but before we do we're gonna pop into this hospital don't worry about it it's all gonna be fine <laughs> 
Yeah, so diagnosis, which feels like, because it is sort of forever ago, it is 14 years ago now, I think. Four, yeah, 14 years, which is a long, long time, isn't it, in this world? I think that the whole thing of kind of when lots and lots of things happen, uh, time kind of drags on and on and on. Um, but she was misdiagnosed for five months. And I was, I think I've said before, I was a bit complicit in that. I was kind mm. of like mm, okay let's let's say that it's that then because I kind of had an idea of some of the big nasties that there can be out there when kids have started out typical and then things start to change for them so I think I'd just gone into just take what they Ostrich say stretch mode I'm just gonna stick on. my head I'm gonna full stick on. my head in this big ditch of, of denial I was not only ostrich mode, as in is internet. I was also kind of going all out uh, internet searching specialists who who would treat, you know, like kind of. I'd gone right. This is the route. Then that's what we'll do. And um, I'll, I went to the hospital with her. She was going to have a um, a scan to put my mind at rest. Was the, the oh, reasoning? That's yes. nice of them. I know oh. to put my mind at rest and. It was this thing of um, it was it the appointment for the scan didn't come through for another three weeks after we'd seen a paediatrician. So everybody that I knew was saying to me, if it's something serious, you'd be in there. You would be in. Do you know what I mean? If it's something serious, Mm -hmm. they don't mess about. You would be in. So I went in. I the biggest mistake I made was not explaining to her exactly where we were going and what we were doing because she was six and I just thought let's just get it done and then we'll you know we'll go shopping so I wasn't wholly honest with I basically said that we were going to go um we just got to do this one thing at the hospital and then we'll go and she was just but I sort of sprung it on her and I regret that through I really do regret doing that that was that was my one not my one parenting (laughs) that's the only thing I've ever done in my parenting that was less than ideal the The rest of the time exemplary (laughs) exemplary and anyone who listened to episode one knows that's rubbish Because there were so, at least three incidental stories that Sarah gave. I know. Which she totally it's when you were up. when you were talking, uh, Lucy, about having it being um, like late giving birth. I've I've another classic of what I did with, with my impatience and right. We're going to get on with this, but that's for another time. So um, they they took her off for her scan. She was supposed to be forty five minutes. She was she was a good couple of hours. I kept going back and saying, oh, she's not she's not back yet. You know. And they were saying, no, don't worry, don't worry. And I didn't realise that behind the scenes there was a whole panic going on um, of trying to get her a bed on the neurological mm. ward. So I didn't I didn't know that. I just thought that they were like... what Rubbish. You know, I don't know what they were thought. <laughs> well, there was, they said to me, they even said things like, well, you know, if an emergency... She had a general anaesthetic to have the scan. So it was like, well, if in an emergency... If an, 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 if an emergency's come in, yeah. then they'll probably then, just keep her and then mm-hmm. they, they'll go in in front of her and all this sort of stuff. So it all was very plausible. Yeah. And then they came back and they said... Um, so you told your six-year-old, we're just popping to the hospital to do this thing and she yes, was going for a general bad. anaesthetic. Bad, bad, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> really, just crap. <laughs> if you think... <laughs> Well, and the thing was that I said as well, we would but go to Toys R Us. why does this thing mean I have to get a gown on, Mum? God. Why, why are they taking my clothes off? I did it, do you know, thing? and I didn't even learn. I did it another time. Oh, I can't oh. even tell you about that. I'm so ashamed of it. But they, so we did a thing. So they said, they then came back, this lady came back, this nurse, and she said, um, uh, Sarah, uh, this is Mr. Gann, because I'm still waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, this is Mr. Gann and Mr. Ahmed. They're neurosurgeons. And you know, and you go, well, what the hell do they want with me? Because why would they want me? I don't, I don't need me? a neurosurgeon this Wednesday afternoon. I'm fine. I'm going, I'm going shopping I'm going shopping. <laughs> shopping. I have a date you know. with a toy oh. shop. <laughs> well, we went, they took me into a small room, as you do. And it was, it was just a, little, a, a treatment room. It wasn't like a room of doom room with a double, you know, the little double sofas. Uh, and the box of tissues and the box of tissues and and, and a, a picture on the wall yeah if it's got a picture on the wall flower. no flower. it's gonna oh. hit the fan a flower yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but yeah they said do you know she they said um 
so they said, how has she been? And I'm like, well, she has dyspraxia. So this is how <laughs> she's been. She's been exactly as you, as your, you know, your crowd have said that this is what it is. So this is what it is. And then um, they said, we've, um, uh, it's a bit more serious than that. And we've found a mass. And um, so we've got you a bed on the neuro ward. She'll be on 20 minute observations from now. So you need to, we need to do um, X, Y, Z. You need to have this stuff, you know, kind of, we need stuff from home and we need, and um, I, it was like a proper full on out of body thing. Mm. And I just thought, you're all insane. And in a minute, you're going to say to me, oh, not, oh, sorry, not, no, not you're the wrong person. You know, like kind of yeah, not not your mm. daughter. No, not your. Oh, daughter. you're you're Sarah. Cla- exactly. Yeah, no, we weren't coming for you. Yeah, and Aww. I I genuinely did not have a single feeling in my body. Just, mm-hmm. I know that there's just nothing. Like I didn't feel just nothing at all because I was just thought, well, they're all they've got it wrong. They're wrong. So, mm. and then. Um, and then they said, you, you know, you, we've got you a bed on Ward 10. And I said, no, I'm, I'm sorry, we, we can't do that because we're going to Toys R Us now. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. And they, they were saying, no, you're not. And I said, no, we are because I promised her. And I've like, so that's what we're doing. And they were saying, no, you're not. I said, I'll come back. <laughs> I promise I'll come back. But we are going. Within like, 20 minutes before the next no, set of mobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> So we've also tried to be vaguely useful. Mm, um, vaguely, I think, <laughs> I think well, I have throughout. <laughs> I've tried really hard to be useful. Um, and one of the things that I found really helpful was a bit of a guide as to what to do when it has gone wrong for someone that you know and potentially love. One of the questions we've had on the podcast... Um, email or was it actually Instagram was asking what kind of things can friends do to be helpful like what what is it that we can do so can we just really rapid fire at the end of this episode talk about um what are some of the really practical or emotional or creative ways that people have been helpful can be helpful um what what are the best kind of friends think meeting obvious need so like um for example just recently Brecon was in hospital in Harlow I have nobody in Harlow that I can stay with I called a mate and said look you're half an hour away can I can I like crash at yours he gave me keys he said do what you need to do I initially thought I was going to be there two days and ended up being there five weeks so and there was no batting of eyelids from him he was just like yeah crack on and that was amazing um, yeah. because mm-hmm. it was just like one thing that I did not have to worry about in a very crazy crisis moment mm-hmm. yeah um and I mean that's a big like that's a big yeah thing of, yeah. of example of that and I but think the other things the other thing a practical need is I think for me is also um not saying uh what can I do yeah oh, like no. you Absolutely. were able you were able to say yeah. this is what I need and therefore that person could go yep yeah um yeah. but uh what I want someone to do in those really tricky times is say, I'm bringing dinner yeah. or I'm coming to pick up your washing. And then I can go, oh, no, you're OK if yeah. I'm going to be stupid yeah. um, or I'm coming to get your ironing or um, why don't you go out for a walk and I'm going to clean your house. Like, yeah. be yeah. really specific. I am going to show, you know, show up and I'm doing this thing yeah. for you. And if you don't want me to do it, fine. I do yeah. I do shops for people. Like I would love to be the person that brings over a casserole. <laughs> I don't know why that was so Sarah. I could totally be the casserole but woman. So it's the woman that's just <laughs> salivating over her McDonald's. <laughs> like, mm. So I'd love to be the casserole woman, but I'm not the casserole woman. No. So I will order you a Tesco shop with some nice things in it. That's exactly that's where I, um, that's what I can do. I can't <clears throat> Yeah. And uh, and I think you know when you say about the ironing, um, one of the things just don't that... do the ironing ever. Well, yeah, now you say that, Luz. But if someone was to say to me, just don't do it, it's like, that but that means that I'm out. losing the plot. 
that means okay. that I'm oh, losing. Okay, okay, okay. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, kind of, mm. I mean, obviously don't iron the pants, like, because <laughs> that's too far, but everything else should be ironed. It should be flat. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think from, um, there was a, there was a woman um, who, uh, so, so thing two was at nursery when she was first diagnosed. So he'd have been three and there was a, one of the other mums there who I didn't know. I really genuinely didn't know her very well at all. And she just went very, very early on. Her name's Deb. Uh, if you're listening, Deb, I, I don't very much that she is, but <laughs> God, she was a lifesaver. She just was like, I'll sort him for nurse. She used to call, I barely knew her. Just, uh, you know, there were people that I'd known for years and years and years. Not a casserole inside. <laughs> <laughs> And no, everybody was that you know people were good, but the um, but I was struck by this. She, d- I didn't know her, and yet she was like, right, I'll get him to and from nursery, and then I, I, she was like, there's my mobile number. If you're going to be late, let me know. I'll just take him back with with yep. with her lad. You know, you know, like kind of, And at mm. the end of it, there was no right. I've done this for you. you. You know, it was just a that was just a, it, yeah. she was yeah. just fab, honestly, yeah. just the best practical help. Yeah, and also uh, another thing is humour. Oh, yeah. the, be- the best friends that I have have in- incredibly dark humour. And um, my friend Sarah, Sarah, you should bloody be listening to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's great. And we have we regularly have shit life offs. You know, she'll bring her things that are going wrong in her life and things that are going wrong in my life. And she always knows she cannot win the shit life. Off. <laughs> I always win. But she still but comes. But we, still ready. Come and we, we still have the shit life offs and it's great. And it's kind of that like irony and just, yeah, and she knows that she doesn't get it, but it, that's fine. And she's yeah. great. And she's just always there for me. Um, yeah. So humor is a big, big thing. Yeah. Um, it's that showing up and being real. Yeah. Um. And I, I, there are certain friends that I've got are going through really tough times at the minute, and have been for the last couple of years. And um, being prepared to have conversations not about what they're going through. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to turn up. I'm going to joke about something. I'm going to, you know, send you a stupid gif. I'm going to yeah. um, be the other conversation than. Yeah, yeah. Find asking you what the latest treatment is and what's the news on the diagnosis and what's the, yeah. you know, what the results, blah blah blah. Because you just need something different. You need a beer buddy, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Someone to take you to the pub. I'm yeah. good at that. If anyone wants to come to the pub with me, I'm just putting the invitation out there. <laughs> it's game. Or is it with Lucy? Sarah's, it's Lucy's <laughs> is it Lucy? friend hunt. Um, uh, the other, there are there are different apps. There's been times that we've um, had um, been through tricky times and the uh, church that we were part of at the time did one of these meal apps. There's like an app you can do now and everyone like puts in, I'm going to bring over this at this time mm. for things. So there are these things. I'll put that on the podcast link bit. So there are different ways in which you can and be very practical and help people when they're in the middle of um things but helping people laugh showing Mm -hmm. up and being real being prepared to get it wrong it's okay if you get Mm -hmm. it wrong and say oh i really shouldn't have said that i'm really sorry um but being prepared to show up and do the best you can be really practical and tell people what you can do for them rather than is there a way i can help But as well as working out how we love our friends well or our family or the people that we're supporting as practitioners, there's also how we look after ourselves. And I loved our real versus Insta versions of self-care. But that gem of um, realisation that completely struck me, Sarah, was when you talked about how self-care isn't necessarily about adding things to our lives um not just the planting but sometimes it's the pruning what do we think self-care means it feels like it's a whole like industry of its own Mm. at the minute um so what do we think self-care is particularly within the context of our lives so self-care has been defined as like 
things that you might do, behaviours or activities that promote your wellness or your health. What do we think self-care is from an Insta version of life? I think the kind of Insta-filtered version of self-care is very much, well, honestly, misogynistic bullshit because I think there's... (laughs) No, let's go back to the patriarchy. Everything is about the patriarchy. <laughs> no, not everything. Not quite start, everything. If you have cut your uh, shot glass at the ready, patriarchy <laughs> came in at <laughs> many minutes from the beginning. <laughs> and and I say that because we it's essentially become an industry where we are sold, you need this to be well, you need this for your well-being, blah, blah, blah. And actually, I think it's a very thinly veiled you need this because then you're going to be like everyone else or you need this because then you're going to be successful or you need this because then you're going to be um you know sexy or whatever it is yeah so that whole idea of you know have some spa treatments or creams or like have this amazing bra that will help your self-care blah 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 because your tits will look great but what are we really is that self-care or is that just then we're going to fit into a nice mold of what a woman should be in the current society playbook so the insta version of self-care for me is is a yoga pose probably outside it's a bit misty but the sun's rising you know and it's all yeah yeah yeah. whereas i'd be like actually that's gonna be really damp it's probably gonna be quite cold (laughs) you're gonna be a bit chilly love you know like and i think sometimes that influences what people think will be helpful for someone in our situation. So I remember very clearly um, when B was in hospital, uh, I was often Indian head massage, having never had an Indian head massage before. (laughs) I like it. So I thought, they said, do you? Yeah, I do love it. Well, that's one of you. Um, I've just booked my next Indian head massage. Actually, well, I didn't know really what it would entail. Well, I so I I left her. Uh, honestly, I remember it really clearly. I left her on the ward in the care of um, her dad because I because I was going to take part in this time for the carers type thing. This, uh, you know, I went to this room. Um, somebody with oily hands then proceeded to to ruffle my hair up a lot and do this on my head <laughs> repeatedly I came out looking like I <laughs> yes it's it's not great for your insta story <laughs> no, the version you come out like, of I look like Edward Scissorhands <laughs> back to the ward where I I felt like I'd been assaulted do you know what I was like someone fondled my follicles what the hell has just happened <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So goodness. if I wasn't disorientated before, I was most definitely disorientated <laughs> with bad hair afterwards. My and hair's I've, been and I've ne- well, and I've never gone anywhere near anything oh, I like that since. I'm just going to I'm just going to relate a story that's similar to Sarah's experience when I was trying to self-care in the way that was sold to me the spa mm-hmm. day yeah mm-hmm. as ever and yeah. so I went in with my friend and we had a massage each lovely I hate being touched so that that was a bad idea to start <laughs> I with like that <laughs> You can fuck off. Anyway, I I thought I'd endure it because obviously there's this great goal that, you know, it's going to be really relaxing, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a full body massage. So I'm lying on my front. The lady's doing her thing. And then I turned, she said, oh, should I do your um, other side as well? So I just turned over. She did the other side. And I came out and I didn't know what was supposed to happen in there, right? So I said to my friend, Claire, Claire, did she scrub your boobs as well? (laughs) Claire was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. I did think that was a bit strange. But... <laughs> so I'd gone full body massage in the full sense of the word. Claire was absolutely mortified. <laughs> I, and ever oh since then, goodness. the spa has not been my uh, self-care of choice. No. I'm not going to lie. Oh my goodness, you too. It's recognizing what's helpful to you, mm. and then and then recognizing that um, what might be helpful to somebody else with a lot more time on their hands, 
who who and who's got time to wash their hair after they've had a massage. <laughs> that might be helpful to them, but it probably it may well not be helpful to you at that point. Mm. So for me, my self care is recognizing the things that are unhelpful and then doing something about it, rather than trying to find something yeah. extra that might be helpful. I think I think of it the other way around, and I think about mm. what what's going on here that's unhelpful that I can cut out. So for me, the biggest thing that causes an increase in my anxiety is social media, possibly because it involves contact with other people. There's a theme, <laughs> but social media in all its forms. Yeah, it, I find so, I just become really really anxious and I ruminate over stuff and I I don't know how to respond to people and and because I then feel anxious I read things and I don't know how to read them do you, you know like yeah you start reading into them I, certain oh so I just I just don't do it bliss yeah yep. I think and that's really true so it's, you're it. talking about pruning rather than planting yeah. so yeah, creating exactly creating margins yeah. rather totally. than filling the little margins you have yeah. Yeah. with more stuff So I have fashioned a career over like 20 odd years helping people and and then in conversation with Rachel she drops this like bombshell uh, which gave me lots to think about. Um, if you're not prepared to be a help E then you really need to think about why you're a helper and where that drive comes from and I've thought about that a lot recently. <laughs> I recognise that my judgmental reaction, a little bit like you saying, Lucy, about the kind of the idea of your child being in care or not, just needing help. That I had a, mm. I had a perception of myself as being the helper, and I recognised. Um, I was listening yeah. to someone talk once, and they were like, "If you cannot take help, then you shouldn't be giving it," because what you're doing is pity based mm. it's judgmental it's arrogant it's you know if you mm. want to be helper mm -hmm. you have to be the person that also takes help and I remember listening to that and literally taking it and really sinking yeah. in and thinking no that's true like mm. if I you know and, and that those things are really important and they go hand in hand like that mm -hmm. that connecting with people in their vulnerability without being judgy, dominant, power mm. over rather than power yeah. with comes from being mm -hmm. equally vulnerable yeah. and equally okay. receptive to support. So I think I've I think I have done that much, much better. And one of the episodes that really hit home for all of us was the one a couple of weeks ago on trust and how do we develop trusting relationships between families and practitioners. How do you manage to um, create a trusting network amongst people who work together? And the problem is at the minute the system is set up as much as it says differently. Can you hear that rain? Oh, yeah. Wow. The problem is at the minute, this, as much as there is the team around the child and as much as there is this um, jargon and lingo around us all working together, it is not set up with the parents being part and parcel of that team. No. It's set up for the individual. And it's not even set up for health to work with education mm -hmm. as, a, yeah. as part of the team. It's yeah. not even set up for all the different services to be part of that one team there's these little insular teams yeah mm -hmm. and that sets us up into a bit of a mistrust spiral i think yeah yeah i love rachel in the little book of um what's it called the thin, thin book of trust the thin book of trust just read out because lucy you'll love this read out characteristics of trusting relationships and, and then there's the characteristics of mistrustful relationships honestly lucy brilliant Okay, behaviours that are indicative of trust. Firstly, cooperating, mm -hmm. collaborating, engaging in conversations like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dialogue no. and debate of ideas. Yeah. Listening. 
communicating freely, supporting others, sharing information, offering ideas, expecting the best, a willingness to examine owns actions. Yeah, brilliant. Willingness to examine own actions. Like a recipe for trust. And then read us the recipe for mistrust. Or behaviours of distrust. Yeah. Defending, direct attack, resisting, blaming, complaining, judging, avoiding or ignoring, withholding information and ideas, expecting the worst, and justifying protective actions based on distrust. Yep, perfect. See, there's two episodes in, in like, what, 30 seconds or something, isn't it? Because it's, mm. that, it's that, those behaviours, like, well, how many have we done? 18 episodes, and we've talked about, how many of those behaviours have we talked about mm. all the way through? Mm. Um, and what everybody wants, like, when you talk to practitioners and you talk to parents, what everybody wants is that first set of behaviours. That's why people yeah. go into the whole bloody thing, isn't it? You know, the people that are working in those systems eventually, you know, kind of either leave or, or get become part of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. Because yeah. you end up with some group yeah, 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 exactly. Don't you? It, it's so dangerous mm. and it, culturally that happens all the time, I think. That, you know, you go into it wanting to make a difference and then you're just beaten down and you're so tired and, you you know, you're co- constantly ethically compromised as a practitioner um, and you just end up going, I either leave or I like stay and I become part of this and and yeah I think that's really really hard another another interesting thing around that sort of trust and distrust there's they also he also talks about the neurophysiology within those two contexts so the neurophysiology in a trusting situation is a normal level of oxytocin full mm-hmm. availability of neocortex so that's the thinking part of our brain and the limbic system which is able to make decisions and take action and then the ability to intervene and change uh, sort of predetermined pre-programmed neural patterns so the ability to be curious to be creative to think outside the box to yep. to do something differently but within a distrusting situation and within um, behaviours, the brain's primary defence systems, as in the amygdala, um, is yeah, warmed the emotional up, centre. Yeah, and primed for yeah. any sign of imminent danger. So we basically do this hypervigilance alert yeah. thing. Elevated levels of adrenaline, cortisol, fight, flight, freeze chemicals, and then limited use of the neocortex with a greater reliance on defense-related pre-programmed neural patterns for making decisions and taking action. So, and we see that, don't we? Because mm-hmm. what happens is, um, system says no. Yeah. Because yep. we're, we're the, the practitioners are frightened, scared, defensive in a situation where they are waiting for something to pounce, whether it's the person above them, whether they're waiting for their manager mm-hmm. to pounce on them, whether they're waiting for um, the families to pounce on them because they're, they know they're doing their best and they know their best is not good enough. Yeah. You know, it isn't meeting need. And so they're constantly waiting for, you know, to be got in the neck for having yeah. missed something. And so they are in that that hyper alert state aren't they so both of us are thrust into this distrust our bodies are feeling it from our head to our toes yeah 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 and And when children you know i work with a whole bunch of different children and when the children are heightened and kind of mm. displaying those behaviors you see it all over displaying those kind of fight flight behaviors there is no reasoning like your reasoning part mm. of your brain absolutely shuts down, so uh, you need to kind of drop your language right down. You you just the only thing you can do in those situations is contain, and so w- until they're re- re-regulated. But what that is what is crazy about this situation as parents and practitioners is there is no containment <laughs> we can't and re-regulation. Wait for the <laughs> exactly, there isn't. So can we're the system just go and sit on the naughty step yeah. and okay. calm itself down. Yeah, we're, and we'll, we're like we'll get the NHS off the naughty step <laughs> once it's had time to think and reflect on how it's and treated it, yeah. its staff. It's just crazy. But the best bits, without a doubt, on the podcast were the bits where we could not stop laughing. <laughs> there was 
Sarah's um, dive into sex ed. I was very good at that. I bet yes, I think you I were. was very good at it. I think. Yeah, 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 you were. <laughs> um, and Lucy's subsequent ad as a sex ed teacher, <laughs> and then you are not a fan of the podcast if you haven't heard Pessary Gate. Again, useful. And, again, useful information. <laughs> again, useful. <laughs> <laughs> so here is our sex ed and Pessary Gate. We are supposed to today be talking about relationships. As in PSHE, sex and relationships, year nine. (laughs) So the boy, the boy, there's boys and girls when they're having flashbacks. And uh, (laughs) if they want to have a baby, the boy. Oh my goodness. Truly, at the end. And then it tingles and then they have a baby. At the end, um, <laughs> what we can do is we can all write down on a piece of paper what our question is. And it can be any question. Any question that oh. you want. Oh, is this what you said? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, honestly. What questions did you get? Sex ed. Because you teach biology. Oh, they were brilliant. <laughs> when you finished, how do you get the woman off? What was my favourite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> Like a fox, oh. you're just yes. stuck there. This is, this is it for a good I mean, two hours you afterwards. You get them off? <laughs> what would happen if you couldn't get them off? Yeah, you can't, you can't go to work the next day. <laughs> Wandering around, going, oh, really embarrassing. <laughs> I just can't get her off. They didn't. They didn't cover it in school. <laughs> I know. I think you misinterpreted the question. What can you do if you can't get the woman off? That's a a very enlightened question from a 15-year-old who just wants to be like, you know, pleasuring his partner, which, you know, fair enough. That's completely reframed it. I might have to go back. I'll find them. Find find that 15-year-old now, however old they are. Mid-30s. How dare you? He's the one walking around with the Oh goodness me! Relationships, relationships. Go on. Okay. Sorry. Okay, I've got distracted. This is going to get worse though because I want to say that relationships. I do think on the subject quickly of Year Nine Sex Ed, I do think there should be more on like pleasure stuff. Because we, yeah. we talk about like the biology shit. Can we, Don't can we talk just about... have a moment? Can we, Lucy? Can we yeah. just have a moment to think about the poor biology <laughs> teacher <laughs> who is teaching this stuff? Just because you've got a biology degree does not yeah. mean that you should <laughs> that you have any desire to talk to thirteen-year-old boys yep. about agree. anything really. <laughs> so, so I agree that in theory that would be lovely, but having stood there in front of thirty <laughs> sods. <laughs> it should be it should just be it. external to school shouldn't it it should be just people coming in maybe we should set that up as our next venture oh yeah you do that <laughs> go head over that, there you go I'll, there'll be an ad following with Lucy's <laughs> sex ed relationships and sexual pleasure Confused as to why being a science teacher has automatically enlisted you on the sex and relationships teaching team? Desperate for some other poor sod to tackle the masturbation minefield that is Year 9 boys? Eager to see fully rounded sex and relationships education but unwilling, unable, would rather stick forks in your leg than do this yourself? You need me. Lucy Parr, untrained, unqualified and unshameable for all your PSHE needs. So shall we do the worst award for this week? And I think without without a shadow of a doubt, we could open the envelope and say that the worst award goes to Mrs. Positive Mum of the Year 2009, Sarah Kate. Thank you so much. much. And I accept this award on behalf of everybody who's ever had thrush. (laughs) 
Because... <laughs> because... Well, this is it. And it relates... So I... You know, kind of the idea of not wanting to ask for help. So this was a time where I obviously... <laughs> I thought, have I got time for thrush? I decided, yes, I do. So I'm going to have to go and I've got to go to Boots. I've got to get the whole thing sorted out. I've got to fit this into everything else that I have to do. I go Just into Boots. The they, I say I need the, the canister and other other thrush creams are available. But I said I need uh, that, that, or that. And she, she said, have you taken it before? I said, yes. Countless times. Thank you so much. Just give me the stuff and let me go home. <laughs> Oh, no, no, yeah. No, I have, yeah, absolutely. So then, um, oh, yeah, this is, this sounds like I'm absolutely delighted about the number of <laughs> yeah. times. Don't, don't go diss me and my thrush. I have thrush all the time. Are you sure you want to share this with the rest of the population? Should this ever actually yeah. be really successful? <laughs> well, you I haven't used it. Had you not taken it before? I haven't. I, like that makes it sound as if this is just constant and that I would have to go to different pharmacies because they would come to recognize me and that I can't find it it's just often, not true which anyway like back to, to the story of this so, particular thrush well I get home and the kids are doing the thing and the and everyone's trying to they all want to eat and they want to have this that and the other so, oh bloody hell so um so I take the tablet and I've and I've got the cream and I've put it in my pocket because I'll sort that out it says and oh, it took me quite. A... Else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know where it goes. It don't need to go into that much detail. <laughs> well, it took me ages to take the tablet because it was massive, and I was like, oh, I don't remember this. But there you go. You know, I've got stuff to do. So then I turned around, and on the <laughs> on the box it says pessary. <laughs> like the talk about asking for help like i'm not going to tell anybody about this ever and then so, like a message rachel and it's like phone 111 you stupid woman so i'm like oh so phone 111 this is how much i don't like asking for help so i would rather i would rather like not know if if what i'd done was going to kill me than ask for help but it doesn't, she said. She Death said, by pessary. <laughs> Death by pessary. Yeah. I would said, rather deal with Death by pessary than phoning one one and asking for help. That asking for help. So I phoned them and she says, um, yeah, we just need to. So there was, there was no, I didn't hear, I could hear a smile in her Oh, just dear. one moment we just need to check apparently um tim will know but there's some sort of poisons register thing should we yes there is. just need to go and check check the poison the poisons register. register so she goes off and she does that and she comes back and she says it, there's there's That's fine. you know it's fine you're absolutely fine she said is there anything else i can help you with and i was like <laughs> <laughs> and you only just go if you could just never tell anybody that would be <laughs> I don't know whether I was more disappointed about the fact that there wasn't like a big dramatic kind of, you know, sorting me out and that I would have to take, you know, or the fact that, that there's nothing in the caniston. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beautiful end to that story is that Sarah then had to get in her car and go to a different chemist. <laughs> She said, just so she's like, at the end, she was like, um, can I can I just check? You do know that it won't have been effective. <laughs> <laughs> you will need to go and buy more. I was like, <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. And this is it. This is really the end of the Skies Ronda podcast for season one. And this has been episode 20 and um, some of the bits that we've really enjoyed. But I'm going to finish this episode with a poem. Wiz 
one of the carers that look after my son, who did the original Broomgate poem. You'll have to go back and listen to that. I'm not adding any more to this episode. But the Broomgate poem that was that led to us and our our podcast poetry competition. We will keep lines open for the poetry competition, and if you want to add any more poems, then well, the prize do. is so worth it. Well, it's it? epic. Exactly. Absolutely epic. And this is Wiz's poem. Wiz said, I love, love, love the podcast. Very informative and I love the banter and the funny stories. Clearly too much time on my hands again whilst looking after Rachel's son last night because her poetic juices were flowing. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your mouth. It goes in your vagina. (laughs) Didn't you read the leaflet first? Do you need a reminder? Having thrush is really such a pain, but you shouldn't feel you're the only one to blame. A niche and a scratch as it gets very sore, and these are the symptoms you shouldn't ignore. Insert a pessary if you think it's necessary, or apply the cream, but it may make you scream. Do it today. It's best not to delay, and once it's done, you can have some more fun. So don't be like Sarah who clearly had no clue, you would really think she would know what to do. She appears to be so very bright. That's very nice of her, isn't it? (laughs) She appears to be so very bright, but when it comes to pessary, she doesn't get it right. (laughs) Let's just hope her thrush doesn't come back and best for her, she stays away from the sack. (laughs) I love the idea. I love the idea that uh, it wasn't my jeans being too tight that caused the original problem. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say it's that. Let's say that it wasn't the jeans. (laughs) Wiz is still 57 at the end of that poem. Thank you, Wiz, for your poetry. Thank you for coming back week on week, ladies and gentlemen, and listening to the podcast to my wonderful friends, Sarah and Lucy. You've all been wonderful and we'll see you on the other side of our children leaving home to go to residential services, of brain surgeries and spinal surgeries and all these little tiny details in our lives that happen to everybody. Until then, thank you all so much love and all the best, whatever skies you're under. Bye. The Skies Wonder podcast is a Born at the Right Time production with the expert audio assistance of Harry, the humour and insights of Sarah and Lucy. We appreciate you coming back each week and would love your help in spreading the word through rating the podcast, reviewing and following the podcast wherever you listen, as well as telling anyone who will pay any attention all about us. You can email your stories, thoughts and ideas to us at tswupodcast at gmail.com. That's tswupodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram at born at right time. We love you joining us for the ride on this off-piste kind of parenting. It's so much better doing it together. Whatever skies, we're under. <laughs>